Thunderbolt Strength. Welcome to the Thunderbolt Strength Podcast. This is Bryant Hankins, and I have my co-host, Molly. How are you doing today, Bryant? I'm great, thank you. Uh, today we have Al Nevada, art director for Tyndale Publishing. He worked with Rich Froning on his book cover, Boxrat Apparel Founder, and Faith RX Chicago Area Leadership Team. Welcome to the show, Al. Oh, welcome. Thanks for the welcome, guys. Glad to be here. Uh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, one thing that's really cool about your story is that you're able to use art as a career, mm -hmm. and I always think that's fascinating. Um, I grew up painting along with Bob Ross, and mm. it was like that was what I did when I was a kid, and I love doing art, and I love stories of people that are able to take their art and turn it into a living. So I definitely want to dig deep into that. Absolutely. But first off, I, I want to start with your background, because I think you kind of have an interesting background. Uh, you grew up in the Philippines, yes? Yes, uh, I was born in the Philippines um, in 1975. Uh, and then moved to the U.S. in when I was 10 years old in 1986. So, but bef before moving here, my dad kind of brought me here a few times, like three times, I believe, knowing that he was going to bring our family here. Just wanted to make sure I got uh, got assimilated to the culture and the schools and yeah and all that. So it wasn't a big shock for me when I moved here. And um, so yeah. What was the driver for your family coming here? Uh, what my parents told me is education. Yeah. Um, they wanted to make sure that that was a priority for my sister and I, that we were uh, given um, the best possible opportunities to grow uh, in school. And so that was their main goal was to make sure that we, we got the, the best schooling possible. So. Yeah. And how did you feel about your schooling here? Do you feel like it, it was good? And where did, uh, you, where did you go to school, did you say? Uh, I, when I first moved here, I started going to school at a, uh, in Chicago called St. Hillary's. I okay. uh, went through the normal Catholic school system. Um, so kind of jumped around a little bit in Chicago, went to St. Hillary's, then St. Benedict's, and then after that moved to the Naperville area, went okay. to St. Peter and Paul, right down in uh, downtown Naperville there. Nice. And uh, from there went to Naperville North High School. Got it, and were you doing art as a kid? Is it something that you kind of always did? My, my very earliest memories are me drawing. Okay, what um, were you drawing at the time? I love drawing superheroes. Yes. That's um, like every boy's. That's yeah. what I was drawing at the same time, too. Like, I guess uh, somebody gave me a comic book yes. at some point and um, just really gravitated to the look and feel and the yep. style of comic books. Um, and when I was drawing, when most kids were drawing stick figures, I was already drawing guys with muscles flying around with expressions on their face. And so... Um, my parents saw that early on and really encouraged um, me to kind of pursue that, giving nice. me um, uh, lessons. Nice. Uh, our next door neighbor was uh, a famous artist oh, uh, wow. at the time in the Philippines. So kind of being around um, art was, uh, was a big plus for me growing up. And it was very encouraged in the school system that we had in the Philippines as well. That's awesome so. that it was so supportive because a lot of times yes. you hear stories of someone doing some kind of art. And they're like, uh, okay, you can play around with that, but why don't you start working on becoming an accountant or you know exactly. something else? So that's cool that it was supported. Absolutely, that was uh, huge. Yeah, because um, uh, most parents can kind of steer you away from that because you got to make a living, make some yes. money out of it, and um, 
um, very fortunate that I was able to kind of pursue that as a career. And let's geek out for just a second. I yeah. know before Molly jumps in here with her normal questions. Yeah. Who was your favorite comic book artist growing up? Man, I actually did not know much of uh, the famous comic book artists. Okay. But the one that really got me into it was a cousin of mine in the Philippines. Oh, who wow. was maybe a couple of years older than I am. Very talented. Uh, and I just saw him draw. Yeah. And I would just wanted to be around him. And I thought he was the greatest artist when you're like four or five years old. Sure. You have a cousin right next to you. You can see live uh, drawing some things. And I wanted to be just like him. So, yeah. Was yeah. was art more part of like the, the Filipino culture? Is that a thing that you see more down there than say you do here or? Um, I wouldn't say it's mainstream per se, but um, in the school system, uh, art was mandatory all different okay. types of discipline yeah. even from our handwriting was graded oh wow you don't see that around you don't see much that much anymore, anymore. Well, and that may be our age too because i'm seven was born in mm -hmm. 75 so i mean handwriting was a thing i think more so that's true. for our age than yeah. for our kids it was in your homework that in any subject that you had whether it's history or uh spelling or english or anything like that part of the grade growing up was your penmanship yeah. And um, so that was uh, a craft that pretty much everybody in, in our classroom had to learn. So um, so creativity, whether it's handwriting or drawing, was uh, encouraged. So when you were going through school and even getting to high school, were you thinking in your mind, like, I'm going to be an artist for a living? Or was it one of those? <laughs> I mean, what were you dreaming about doing for a living when you were a kid at that time? Man, um, even though I enjoyed uh, drawing, I fell in love with the drum set uh -huh. very early on. Thought I was going to be a musician. Yeah. Um, taught myself how to play drums and all of that stuff. Um, and I also fell in love with basketball. Uh, and when I saw Michael Jordan play for the yes. very first time, I mean, draw-dropping experience when I first moved here to Chicago. I think sure. I was maybe had been 11 at the time already. Uh -huh. And I said... I want to be like that, mainly because you're tying it in with a superhero aspect of things. Yes. I thought he was a real-life superhero. Yes. Could not believe a human being can do some of the things he could do on that court. And, um, yeah, uh, I thought I wanted to be an NBA player at some point. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, it was, it was, you were, this must have been like during the, the real hardcore Jordan years, right? It was like he was larger than life. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Like uh, very early on, um, when I was like 11 or 12, yeah. um, you know, played basketball for all my schools. Yes. Um, uh, kind of stood out a little bit. I was, you know, just a little bit faster than everybody can shoot a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so I really thought, man, you know, I can make this happen. Maybe just grow another few yeah. inches here and there, but, uh, God had other plans yeah. for me. Obviously. So, uh, what, what put an end to your NBA dreams? Um, you know, just kind of being realistic with things, you know, uh, in high school, sure enough, uh, when I was five foot nothing and everybody else around me started sprouting out, uh, to like the six five six six, and I wasn't quite going in that direction. I was like, mm, not gonna happen. Maybe I'll I'll need to find a, a different direction. And uh, it was a good thing that I was still very involved with with my drawing and art, and uh, knew that you know you took all those tests with your counselor and whatnot, and yes. everything really geared towards uh, the creative side of things. And um, yeah, I knew 
I wanted to do that for sure. So, Did you end up studying art in school? Was that your major? I went to University of Illinois. Um, uh, going in there, you can't automatically declare as a graphic designer. You have to go through their uh, uh, kind of like introductory classes, all the 100-level classes. And I actually wanted to get more into the industrial design side of things because of my love for you know Michael Jordan I loved Nike I loved shoes and I wanted to design shoes yeah Nike for Nike very specific yeah. like I wanted to do that um, and so I wanted to get into the fine arts at Illinois that was the first step and then from there you start submitting portfolios to the different disciplines graphic design painting sculpture whatever it was and so my gear was uh, directed to industrial design. But at some point in there, a buddy of mine kind of asked me to go into a quick seminar about graphic design. I just kind of joined him. And somewhere in there, I fell in love with a pre presentation, yeah, um, specifically typography, and said, that is what I want to do. It just clicked and made sense. It just clicked. It's yeah. So funny because I had the opposite experience. So <laughs> growing up, I did uh, art, like I was telling mm -hmm. you, the Bob Ross, and, and same deal. Drew comic yeah. book characters, like you know, I was for me, it was like Todd McFarlane, Spider Man mm -hmm. stuff was awesome, and um, I did that, and then I also did uh, computer programming. I got into computer uh -huh. when I was twelve, and so in my mind, I was thinking, oh, the perfect combination of computers and art is graphic design. Mm -hmm. So when I went to college, we were at a small university. They didn't have a graphic design major, but I could uh, I majored in art with a minor in computer science, kind of thinking I'd sort of mold a graphic design thing. And it was going along fine. I'd have like fine art classes, studio drawing mm -hmm. kind of stuff, and then I'd have computer programming classes, but no real graphic design ones. So they set up an internship for me at a graphic design studio, which I thought was perfect, right? I go there to do that the first summer, and I realized, man, I don't like graphic design. I like <laughs> fine art, and I like computer programming, but I did not like setting type and, and all that stuff. So it was so funny because for me, it was like the realization that wasn't the right thing. And this was the late nineties. I was really getting into programming. Mm -hmm. The internet was taking off and that to me became the clear like thing to work on. Yeah. And, and I will still do some, you know, drawing and painting at home on the side, but my, my main career is computer programming. But it's just funny because I had the exact opposite where like funny. I started like doing graphic design and setting type and I was like, oh, I can't do this. I don't want to do it. <laughs> it's just different strokes. Absolutely, yeah. It was uh, it was kind of weird. It was very specific. Uh, the letter R for Garamond. So, oh yes. Uh, uh, kind of like did like the breakdown of yes. that uh, letter form, and I was absolutely mesmerized by it, and just the amount of detail and how much type really plays into yes. communication. How you feel about something based absolutely. on the, the typeface, and just the amount of thought that goes into the letters. Yes. I mean, it, it's really crazy. You could dig, there's whole books written on, you know, how people developed certain typefaces and. Yep, and that's really what it was like. I wanna learn more about that, um, and I wanna do that, and I wanna do that well, was yeah. my goal from that point on, so. That's awesome. Yeah. So this is, that's kind of where you're at in school. Mm -hmm. um, how did you go from there to Tyndale? So after graduating from uh, University of Illinois, I kind of just started. Um, I had a friend who graduated a couple of years ahead of me and looking for a job. He was part of the, a dot-com company um, that was starting up in Champaign. Okay. And so he asked me to come in and interview. 
Um, funny story about that is he didn't look at my portfolio. Yes. Uh, he wanted me there for alternative reasons, mainly to actually play basketball for his what? team uh. that he <laughs> Basketball's had. coming back. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, don't you want to look at my portfolio? It's like, oh, no, you already got a job. And so, um, so that was my first job out of school. Kind of stayed there for a couple of years. Um, uh, left that job, worked for another company uh, down in Champaign called Wolfram Research. Uh, oh, they do Mathematica? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. So I was a designer for them for a couple of years. And then, um, you know, I kind of started my family around that time as well. And pretty quickly knew that being down in Champaign well, with a young family uh, wasn't the best fit for us. Yeah. Uh, and then during this time, I was actually doing some freelance stuff just on the side, just, you know, just to kind of expand my, my, uh, my portfolio a little bit. So from from Wolfram, um, moved back to Naperville, moved into my parents' house, <laughs> <laughs> went back to my old room, and um, uh, a friend of mine who was working at Tyndale, who I graduated with at Illinois, uh, kind of said, hey, I'm leaving Tyndale. I still have a, some work left behind. I talked to my boss. Uh, he'd love for you to come in just to kind of maybe fill in, um, f- finish up the work that I, I haven't finished. Uh, maybe it's like a two-week contract or something like that. Yeah. So I kind of went in uh, with that expectation to just stay just a couple of weeks. Uh, after I think the third or fourth day I was there, they offered me the wow. full-time position. We just hit it off, hit it off yeah. with the team, hit it off with just the culture that was around yeah. there, and um, went back to my wife because she was expecting our ch- third child at the oh, time. Oh, wow. So were you living at your parents' house with the uh, with the kids as well? The t- yeah. yeah. Oh wow. At the time, I already had. Uh, I think my oldest must have been four. Wow. My young, my middle one was maybe one or two at the time. Yeah. And my wife was expecting. A lot of trust there. A lot of trust. <laughs> yeah. A lot of deci- uh, You know, these decisions are going to make a big difference yeah. in, in our future because another freelance client had actually offered me a full-time position at the exact same time oh wow and so where i was kind of comfortable with just doing freelancing now um you know with just thinking about a growing family what's the best decision at sure. the time and it was a no-brainer yeah that i had to go to tyndale and it, um, and was tyndale culturally a good fit for you i mean so we haven't got any tyndale's like a faith-based organization obviously yep. and um what was kind of your church background growing was it was it Going into Tyndale, you were thinking this is a perfect fit for me, or they're a little different from what you know how I was raised or what I believe, and mm-hmm. and you know I have to accept that. Or yeah, I mean, growing up in a, a Roman Catholic household, um, uh, all my life is very ingrained in me. I yeah. mean, it was it's part of who I am. It's something that I can never really remove from myself. But uh, yeah, moving into going to Tyndale, there's there's definitely some differences there were some questions whether or not i would be a good fit from the management standpoint but um uh the man who was trying to hire me he said i was worth worth the risk oh wow at the i love time. that I yeah love i think that. that's great um uh long story short i mean that's i'm actually probably as we speak is my 14th anniversary wow at tyndale um and 
yeah, it's always just fun to kind of reflect back on how that all happened and just how somebody trusted me yeah. uh, in that capacity. And um, and I think it's worked out for both parties. It sounds yeah. like it, yeah. yeah. 14 so, years. Yes. So I think a lot of people probably wonder like what an art director does on mm-hmm. a daily basis, right? So can you walk us through like what's a day in the life as an art director? Absolutely. Um, so art director is... Uh, you know, you, you start off as a graphic designer. You're always a graphic designer. Uh, for the most part, I still tell people I'm a graphic designer. Um, so as an art director, you just have a little bit more responsibilities. So you get to work with uh, the younger designers and basically help guide them on their designs while you're still doing your own stuff as sure. well. So you just... It, may, it kind of simplify things. I just go to a lot more meetings than they do. <laughs> um, you just make uh, bigger decisions than yeah. they do. Um, and you just get involved with the bigger uh, picture thinking, as I would like to say. And um, and a lot of that is obviously earned from just trust and experience. Sure. Um, and so they just give you a little bit more responsibilities, mainly not even on the creative side but just kind of helping manage uh, a team. So at Tyndale, I'm, I'm a little bit unique because it's split into, uh, the design team is split into the book design and the commercial design. Okay. Book design, you know, straight books, Bibles, you name it. And then on the commercial side is more of the marketing support materials to help promote Tyndale and uh, the products. I'm on both. Okay. Uh, and then very specifically also on the Spanish publishing side, but I kind of cross over all over the place. Um, so it makes it very interesting. Um, and But it's it's fun because I get to touch a lot of different aspects of the company. Sure. And I think a lot of people probably don't understand what there is to design about it. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. the cover is very obvious, mm-hmm. but um, like, tell us how it works where... You get a book. What all are you designing in the book? I mean, I imagine it's like the fonts and there's all kinds of yes. stuff, right? Uh, so let's let's use uh, Rich Froning for Perfect. example. Yeah. Uh, his book first, which is a very unique uh, project for me because uh, along with Jeremy Taylor, when we were doing CrossFit, we were like, there's this Rich Froning guy. He's really good. He's very outspoken about his faith. Yeah. We should do a book with him. Yeah, so just to backtrack for a second, yeah. we found out we have a connection through mm. Jeremy Taylor. Yes. Right? So we, we went to a church with Jeremy Taylor. I'm going to say that was 19 years, years ago. ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was pregnant with Wes, so it would yeah. have been 19 years yeah. ago. So cool connection. Yeah, so we basically said um, we should do this. What's the process? So I kind of took, we went out of our roles a little bit because we pitched the idea to Tyndale. Uh, they approved it, obviously, because I'm involved in the sport. I should design and, obviously. and art direct this. <laughs> so kind of put a plan together, a team together. First, got to go through a whole process that I won't get into, but it was approved. Yeah. And so uh, we have an acquisitions team that reached out to Rich. Hey, we'd like to do a book with you um, with a ghostwriter who would kind of, it, it's an autobiography, but someone would be helping write with Rich on this. Sure. Um, and kind of that was the start of the process. So you got to understand what's the story, what's unique about Rich. Why is this book uh, going to be sellable 
first of all, is there something unique about it? Yeah. Well, obviously, CrossFit is, was still kind of growing in popularity at that time. Like what very year was this? 2012. Okay. Yeah, so he just finished winning his second one. Okay. And, of course, we know that there were more after that. But um, so as far as the design process is, we get the story first. Mm-hmm. And I start doing my research already, watching ESPN, trying to quick just Google search on Rich. What's his background? What's his family story? Um, and then from that, uh, you know, our acquisitions team kind of gets some information from Rich as far as where he wants to take this book. So we gather as much information as we can. Um, and what was really nice was I thought it would be, would be very beneficial to obviously go meet rich that's the very important part of the book research (laughs) absolutely yeah and we have to do a photo shoot yes i would love to art direct so um so we did that so we made a plan to go down to uh, cookville yeah and crossfit mayhem the very first one was maybe not even two weeks old wow completely brand new um and so it was very exciting for us to kind of meet rich in his new home that he was just starting. And so I uh, got to spend a couple of days with him. And, you know, as an art director, as a designer, you try to absorb as much as possible. This is a unique opportunity to yeah. be face-to-face with the subject matter. Mm-hmm. You don't always get that. And so I observe just the way he talks, uh, his personality. We spent some time in his garage and just watching him. We were like... Just do what you do, pretend we're not even around, right. and just do your thing. Um, and that says a lot about his approach to fitness. Uh, I, I, we went into his garage. He's listening to, uh, I think, just worship music. <laughs> yeah, he had one of our Tyndale books sitting there uh, by Tony Dungy. Oh, wow. Um, just looking around, just absorbing all of this, and just listening to the way he talked. Um, and from that, and also from the photo shoot, we just were able to get, for me personally, the right type of information as far as this is what I kind of want this book to look like. Yeah. And um, work with an amazing photographer, got some very uh, amazing candid shots that we did not plan. And it's yeah. amazing how those happen to be the best ones. And, you know, we kind of created a mood board, created some cover concepts from those uh, photographs and presented it to our acquisitions team. Okay. We then presented it to Rich. He gets his approval and the cover's done. That's the easy part. Yeah. <laughs> then you have the actual story. Okay. Yeah. And this is where I really get out of my comfort zone because when they finished uh, writing the book, you know, the first draft, I take a look at it. Yeah. And I read it cover to cover, obviously, and kind of gave suggestions as far as because of understanding CrossFit. I'm like, there's certain uh, sections in the book. I'm like, that's not going to make sense. You can yeah. tell if somebody knows yes. CrossFit yeah. when they yeah. write. Well, it's yeah. nice because you're sort of a subject matter expert Correct. on that particular. I'm the target audience per yes. se as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there, there were certain aspects of the book. I'm like, there's no way Rich would say it like that. <laughs> um, and you know, with working with Jeremy, his background is an editor. Yeah. So he, but so I went to Jeremy. Let's take a look at this. Let's craft this uh, as best as we can. And you know, so we worked back and forth on that to make sure that the tone, the feel, 
um, of the book really seemed genuine that it yeah. came from rich yeah and that's what we wanted to do so. yeah and and I actually I mean I didn't know this before we were having this mm-hmm. interview but I read that book probably three or four years ago mm-hmm. and it I just thought it was written by rich like I didn't even you know it it, it flowed very well and it definitely captured his essence like yeah. it it you know his his what's unique about him oh, I feel awesome. like was in there and uh, I remember really enjoying it I mean it's been a while because I read it soon after it came out so it's whatever that's Very been now five cool. years or something but uh, so like as a CrossFitter is like yeah. I read then oh, this you know Rich wrote a great book it really captured what he believes in you know yes, and, and, and what makes him unique as a CrossFitter absolutely well job oh thank you I'm glad <laughs> we did our job yes there you go <laughs> and then I guess I've always heard people that have interacted with him. He's a super nice guy and just like, because it sounds like you were hanging around him for yeah. a while. and As genuine yeah. as you and I are talking right now. Yeah. And that's how we knew uh, this was worth all the effort that we were putting towards it because he doesn't hide who he is. He doesn't hide his flaws. He admits that he is not perfect, that he's willing to grow. Um, he is, he at the time, I think he was only 26 or 27 wow um just newly married and trying to figure things out and we got all of that as true gen- it was just like you know, probably if you go to any normal crossfit gym he's just one of the guys yeah that we hang out with he just lifts a lot more weights <laughs> a lot faster, a lot faster <laughs> and did like six workouts as to our one compared yes. to our one and that's all it really was yeah so yeah. Yeah, we have some friends that did level one down there. Okay. And same story. They're oh, he's a super nice guy and great to work with and just yeah. you know down to earth. Absolutely. So. Well, that may, led me to wonder how you got into CrossFit. Yeah. So this is where design led me to CrossFit. Was um, a coworker of mine. Um, so Jeremy and a bunch of other guys were doing CrossFit already for a few years in our warehouse. Uh, they gave a them like a little corner in the warehouse with um just you know with pipes um uh, made up muscle up uh ring muscle ups with like a pvc that's been curved a a wall ball that was made with a basketball filled with sand yes i mean i love the like improvised crossfit gyms yeah kind of like rocky style yeah and i would see them in the parking lot like pushing a car (laughs) stuff like that so i knew they were doing stuff and so um uh, one of our other co-workers, uh, Andre Schwartz, um, said, you know what? We need to expand this. I would love to build uh, our very own CrossFit gym. And, so yeah. um, he's a co-worker at Tyndale as well? Yes. Oh, get out of here. Yes. Okay. So it all kind of ties yeah. in. Um, and he was inspired. And uh, so that's when we opened up FDX CrossFit. Well, in the process of trying to open up FDX CrossFit because... We were friends and knew I did some freelance design, approached me and said, hey, Al, I'm opening up this CrossFit gym. like to design. I'd like, love for you to design my logo and the branding and stuff like that. And so I'm like, sure, no problem. He's like, well, you know, I can't really pay you. If you want, <laughs> you can come and work out. And so, you know what, don't worry about it. Of course, I'd love to help you out. Um, and so that was my introduction to CrossFit. So like my normal uh, design process, I did research. And around the same time as actually, this is 2011, early 2011. 
it was the first time I saw CrossFit on ESPN. Yeah. And I was like, this is insane. Like, <laughs> this is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, at the time I was like, okay, I'll design. Uh, Andres has a Navy SEAL background. Uh, same SEAL team as Dave Castro, actually. Really? Wow. Um, and so he wanted to, the name FTX uh, stood for Final Training Exercise, which is um, the exercise program that the military, I don't know if it's specific to Navy SEALs, but it was what they had to go through before they went out on deployment. Okay. Um, and so FTX has a very military background. And so uh, that was my approach sports fitness um military inspired and also faith-based inspired well that's what i was gonna ask next because ftx has a reputation for being more faith focused yes so tell me about that yeah so that's i mean andres is very specific with the way we carry ourselves in the gym and very specific in how we approach uh, the coaches approach uh training Mm -hmm. um we're (laughs) we're known for uh, you're not allowed to take your shirt off if you're a guy. Mainly to show respect for everybody around. Yeah, you know, trying to stay humble in that sense. Um, th- that's that was just like our thing. Yeah, and a lot of people actually respect that and yeah, um, gravitate to that. Like you know, we have grandmas and moms and kids, and you know, uh, not that there's anything wrong with sure with working out with, but it yeah. was just our thing. That's so, your niche. Yeah. yeah. And I like, I, I like as you start to see each different CrossFit gyms mm-hmm. going deep into whatever their own niche is. Like yeah. we, we talked about this in one of the other podcasts where, you know, uh, Hiller has CrossFit alpha dog and it's like mm-hmm. the bro sessions there and there, they're taking their shirts mm-hmm. off immediately. Right. And it's mm-hmm. like, they're the, the competition guys and that's their thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And then Thunderbolt where we are is, is more family focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, bring your kids and it's a family affair and, and then what you guys are doing too, you know, yes. and I heard that impacts like the music even that's played and all Correct. that. Right. And I think there's something really cool about there's a CrossFit for everyone. Right. Yes. And, and you just go deep into here's the things that we believe and we're going to express that through our gym. Yes. And some people are going to love that and some people aren't and that's fine. There's Correct. other CrossFit gyms for them. I think that's really cool. Yeah. It's uh, you know, we're very open in, in our prayer. We have small groups, um, those type of things. And so, but even uh, you know non-believers uh, respect that, and yeah. they participate in, in many ways and enjoy the fact that there is uh, a strong, diverse group of people, political, religious, economic backgrounds, uh, and they all feel welcome. That's awesome. Um, and so that's been the foundation of FTX, and that was my approach in, in my design. Uh, when we were starting and so that hopefully that really reflects because you know it's kind of hard to to show but (laughs) people when they look at the logo it's still to me one of the most my favorite pieces of work mainly because when people look at it it's so simple yet they see so many different things yeah to them um and i enjoy that because now I'm incorporating the viewer and the audience as part of the design. Yeah, and I guess that's what makes a good designer or director is you're thinking about all those things. Mm-hmm. A lot of people look at a logo and they think, oh, they just put some letters there, pick some colors, <laughs> right? Yes. But there's all this thought that goes into it. Absolutely, and so I, I, I like to approach it in that way that there's multiple levels. You know, um, a lot of my clients that come to me, hey, Al, can you design me a logo? 
and I make them go through a very extensive uh, creative brief. One, a lot of times they don't even know what they want. In yes. Them. And sometimes they do know what they want, but they don't know what they need. Yeah. And so I try to uh, bring that out into all of my clients because a lot of them come back and because of the questions that I ask them, they're like, you know what? My name is wrong or this is not a good reflection of the product I'm trying to, uh, to sell or promote. And so I challenge them in that way because, yes, I can design whatever you want, mm -hmm. but uh, I don't want to do that. You know, uh, I want to... Uh, if people come to me and ask for my services, I'm, I'm very upfront in my approach. And if it's a good fit, I want it to be a good fit for both of us because um, it, it, you're not going to be just a client to me that I, I take a paycheck. Thank you very much. I'll see you later. I want to develop a relationship with them that um, and a trust yeah. that I believe in their product, that I want this product, logo, what mark, whatever you want to call it, to be a perfect reflection of who they are right. and what they're trying to promote. And so, so yeah it sounds like you spend the time to do the research it's yes. like when you were doing rich's book right mm -hmm. you want to experience him and his environment and by doing that you learn how to show it visually better absolutely same thing with the logo design yes, yes. makes total sense <laughs> when did you become a coach i became a coach um four years ago so 2014 basically i became after designing you know uh, the method of payment was a membership. So <laughs> I started going to the gym and this is what's amazing to CrossFit. And this is pretty much probably very similar story for everybody. I thought I was in good shape. I worked out. I played basketball. I lifted I lifted weights. I'm putting up my, my fingers in quotation marks right now. <laughs> and did the very first CrossFit workout was a chipper. And there's video footage of me <laughs> trying not to refer surface that of me in absolute pain and agony with my hands on my sh shorts, just breathing heavily. Yeah. And it was one of the most humbling experiences that I had. And so I was like, this is what I want. I needed this. Yeah. I needed this in this point in my life. Um, and I got hooked. And so from there, I was going every day. We had a lunch group from Tyndale that would come around 12, 15, mm -hmm. 12, 15, not 12 o'clock or 1230 because our lunch break is at 12, gives us 15 minutes to get to the gym. <laughs> um, and so I got hooked. And so I spent a lot of time at the gym and a couple of years passed. I'm one of those guys who one of those members that like to help out people. Yeah. And. A lot of people thought I was a coach already. And I'm like, no, I'm not here. I'm just sharing what I can share. And Andres pretty much said, you know what? Let's just make it official. Uh, I'll help you uh, yeah. get your level one certification. And you can just pay it off uh, through your hours. And that was it. And um, I can't believe I'm sitting here thinking it's been four years, which means I think next year I go for my level two. That's right. Yeah. And it's just been one of the most amazing and rewarding uh, experiences uh, in my life to be that because, you know, I grew up coaching ever since I was in high school, uh, coached my kids through all their sports. And this was just an extension of that. And it feeds me in a whole different level. 
uh, there's some creative aspects to coaching. Yeah. And so, uh, and if you're telling me that you're going to have me be part of the gym that I love and make me hang out with my friends and compensate me for it. Yeah. I mean. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that's how I got into coaching. Okay. Yes. How do you balance? You've got a full-time <laughs> career. You've, you're a coach and you've yes. got a, three kids, right? Yes. How do you balance that? Uh, I get this question probably at least once a day um, <laughs> because, yes, it's coffee's a very good friend of mine. <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> but I tell people this, like, if you enjoy going to Starbucks and get coffee, you enjoy going to the movies, you enjoy going to dinner, you enjoy those things, you make time for those things. I just made a job out of all the things that I love to do. Yeah. Um, I work out. I hang out with my friends. I love to design. I like helping people out. Um, it's just very ingrained in me in, in a weird way that all of these four different jobs work hand in hand with each other. And, and when I step back and look at it, my experiences in one helps with the other yeah um you know tyndale uh, as my role there as an art director gave me a passion uh the story of tyndale and dr taylor who founded tyndale really inspired me to start box rat and just following your passion and following uh the passion to give back yeah uh you were given certain gifts i should say uh through design and i wanted to utilize it um uh through sport, fitness, and, uh, and and giving back. And so also the coaching of this within that realm as well. And so it all just kind of really works together hand in hand. There's different titles for each four, but in my mind, it's just one big thing. Um, and I feel blessed that I have a supporting, very supportive family, very supportive wife that understands my passion to do this and understands the the time and sacrifices that sometimes goes into it sure but uh as long as she's okay and they're okay with it um and they are they they tell me just do what you're supposed to do and um i'll continue to do that so that's awesome yeah. before we dig into box rat which i do want to dig into mm -hmm. i wanted to ask you about faith rx yes tell me about that oh man that's uh Let's just put another, a fifth job, per se, <laughs> yeah, yeah. or a fifth role. Yeah. I won't call it a job. Um, so Faith RX, I've just kind of heard about it uh, here and there just through social media I and, have too. and all yeah. of that. And so last year at the CrossFit Games in Madison, you know, just kind of walking around the vendor pavilion, uh, I saw their booth. And I was just walking by and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to introduce myself and just say a quick hello. Uh, so I stopped by their booth, uh, kind of introduced myself and said, you know, I'm, I'm Al Nevada. I'm, a, I'm an art director at, at Tyndale House Publishers. Uh, I design Bibles. <laughs> and uh, they looked at me with just like a little... A little twinkle in their eyes? A little twinkle in their <laughs> eyes, shock a little bit, and says, we need to talk. Yeah. Uh, so that was my introduction to them. You know, they had uh, they were potentially looking into 
updating their uh they had like a new testament that they were handing out when they first started so they were potentially looking into something uh, a new project with that so that was the introduction so exchange emails numbers i said well I'll, I'll get you in touch with the right people at tyndale and see what we can do so that kind of faded a little bit throughout the from last summer to this summer and i'll get to that quickly <laughs> but then i came back home a week later uh there was a little surprise birthday party for me and a friend of mine approached me and said hey al this is faith rx thing i want to get involved with this and i want you to be part of it man and i'm like all right let's talk i just met with them this is crazy that you're coming to me right now yeah. about this because i was just talking to them last week so we were talking so we kind of had a plan together on how to do this he kind of uh listed everything out and okay let's uh let's start talking to people just get some uh get a feel for it is, is this something that a lot of people would enjoy uh and like and would uh would go to and so in those conversations uh some mutual friends kind of like putting in my ear and said, Hey, you're doing this faith RX thing, right? I'm like, yeah, we're starting to talk about it. Well, a friend of mine from CrossFit Glen Ellen, I think is kind of doing the same thing. You guys need to sit down and talk. And that happened a couple of times. And so made a plan to meet up, reached out to uh, Nate Mobley, who's uh, Mobley at CrossFit Glen Ellen and said, Hey, let's sit down. I just, we're doing this, you're doing this, let's figure something out. Sure. Long story short, we had breakfast over coffee, and we just hit it off and knew that we had the exact same vision, exact same plan. And uh, my friend Brandon and I were, were like, hey, man, we are more than willing to step back and support you in this, take the lead in, in this, and just let us know how we can help. And they had a plan in mind. They were going to the Iron Sharpens Iron Conference, I believe, in, in New Jersey last year. So they already were a little like ahead of us yeah. in the process and taking care of all the hard stuff, uh, the application process yeah. and all that. And so we kind of let them have that and uh, move with that. And we just kind of sat back and waited. And uh, a couple of months later, we were given the approval and... Um, uh, Nate put together uh, a leadership team that included people from CrossFit Glen Ellen, FTX, and CrossFit Turbine because we were the, we were gyms were like maybe a couple of miles apart from each other and thought that uh, bringing uh, a core group of people who was who are very passionate about yeah. faith and fitness um, and eight months six seven months later, you know. We just kind of reevaluate everything. Uh, and then from that, so we've been meeting, kind of bouncing around the, the three gyms. We rotate things around. Um, we wanted to make sure that uh, what we do with Faith RX uh, is not meant to promote one gym over the other because okay. we're so close to each other. We take the names on, uh, uh, off the gyms and say we're here uh, in fellowship uh, to work together to grow each other in a whole different way. Um, and the owners were all about that. And they were basically said, just let us know what you need yeah. when you need it. We just said, thank you very much. <laughs> and we've been, uh, 
Yeah, it's been fun to kind of see it really grow the last uh, several months here. So for people that are listening, what happens at a FaithRx meeting? Is it something that anyone mm-hmm. can join? What's yes. the, how it does is, it work? It is for everybody. It's, it's basically combining uh, faith and fitness. So taking something very familiar with, with CrossFit, where we have a workout of the day. Okay. Uh, obviously scalable. We have members who, uh, people who come and visit us that aren't affiliated, who don't even do CrossFit, uh, but are very um, attracted to the fellowship side of things. Yeah. And so we do a workout. Normally it's, it's a fun um, team-based workout where we get to mingle with other members from uh, different gyms. Uh, just to get to know each other, we go through a fun warm up, and after that, after suffering together, you get closer together, and then we spend some time uh, uh, with the Lord, with some devotional time uh, in prayer, yeah. uh, and just kind of reflecting in that in, in that way. And so, yeah, really simple. It's it's structured really the same as a, a cross normal CrossFit class, where we're done in an hour, hour mm-hmm. fifteen minutes, hour and a half. Because we're sitting around, talking, talking yeah. around, and hanging out, um, and we've done service projects uh, like uh, packing seeds uh, uh, f- for those who need it, and uh, through a local church, and continually looking uh, for other uh, uh, opportunities uh, to serve the community and to continue to grow. And what's fun was our group was a lot of uh, members of our group here in West Suburban Chicago was able to volunteer at their booth oh, and kind of awesome. share how we started things. And uh, hopefully we can uh, motivate and inspire others in the area to to start um, a chapter uh, as well. So That's awesome. Yeah. Would you say it's ecumenical? What's the approach to, like, different churches, different... Um, definitions of uh christian faith are mm-hmm. welcome or everybody <clears throat> is welcome um we're not perfect uh, obviously we'll have a certain bias in the way we would approach certain things but it's to me for everybody and we've gotten a lot of feedback in the way we approach it that is very welcoming that it's not abrasive it's not we're we're not trying to you know we're not aggressive with it it's yeah you know, we go with your pace. If you have any questions that, that needs uh, further uh, answers and you're not comfortable in sharing it in the big group, feel free to email us individually, uh, talk to us, ask us questions in that way. Uh, we want it to be as inviting uh, as, as possible. That's sure. really cool. So, yeah. It yeah. reminds me a little bit of in college, uh, there was a group I was a part of called Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Yes. Similar kind of idea where it was you're getting some athletes together, you have devotional. That's that's a good um, you know kind of comparison I, I would say because a lot of people ask the same thing and I said yeah it's kind of like that yeah kind of like fel- fellowship of Christian athletes but obviously very specific to CrossFit yeah. right you know because as you know like-minded individuals gravitate to each other and we are just using CrossFit as a platform and a vehicle to to reach uh those who are looking and uh and our goal is not to bring people to crossfit it's not like hey you need to i would love to join your crossfit gym the question that we would love to get out of people is what church do you go to Mm -hmm. and it's been amazing how how many people have uh reached out to many of us and and ask that and some have joined us in 
at church and uh it's been those are the stories that we love to hear so um and then but the, the approaches we continue to learn we're we're not set in our ways we're 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 ready to change things up if we need to um as as uh you know faith rx as they continue to grow i believe they are in 83 cities i could be wrong here guys <laughs> and i think eight countries wow that's awesome um, and so it's been exciting to kind of watch them grow and almost just like an affiliate you know we kind of try to follow a certain you know if you go to an iron sharpens iron they kind of give you a, a bit of a template to kind of how to start things and how to approach things but just like any crossfit gym it's going to follow the personalities of the people that lead sure. it yeah and um so there's there's some cool things and unique things uh hopefully that we can share uh and and get information from other uh faith rx chapters as well and yeah i'm looking forward to to uh to kind of sharing our story and also getting the feedback from other um chapters on on how they're they're doing so i've been following a lot of people on instagram and facebook and just kind of watching to see to see their chapters grow as well that's awesome. Well, mm-hmm. so we've covered Faith Rx. Let's mm-hmm. get back to Box Rat. Yes. Tell us about Box Rat. Box Rat is my fourth child. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, it's a it's a it's a it's a passion project for me. It's uh, it stemmed out of um, a couple of different things. I knew I wanted to do something to give back to the community and what really inspired me was I already had the passion for design I had a passion for CrossFit and fitness I had a passion for giving and I didn't know where the giving part was coming from and my son who uh, my middle son sorry I might get a little emotional here yeah thinking that uh, talking this through because uh, my son was uh, a soccer player was playing soccer for a a club team and there were these three young boys <sighs> sorry guys that's all right, all right. Um, three young boys um who would who would come to, who were who were part of the team and i never saw their parents drop them off there's always a a family or somebody that would bring them and i was just kind of caught my eye a little bit and then we'd go to the games, never saw their parents. And I started kind of asking the question, uh, what, what's their story? And found out that they were refugee kids, mm. very talented soccer players. Mm. And I love this already. Take a minute. But I love hearing that, that this passion project of yours is that this is where the story goes. This is beautiful. Yeah, um, and I found out that, you know, they couldn't afford to play sports, and so there's, uh, the soccer club was providing scholarships for them, and I'm sitting here as a parent who, uh, man, I was not expecting Goes deep. As a parent who, uh, and as a parent who wants to give their kids all the opportunities in life, just like my parents did, and they can pick and choose. Um, Dad, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And then there's these kids that don't have that. 
And one of my biggest joys is It's all right. What a fantastic story. One of my biggest joys is watching my kids run around, just just enjoying life out on the soccer field. And for these parents not to be able to watch their kids uh, do that and get the same joy that I was getting. And for other kids who can't even participate uh, because of financial reasons. Sure. Um, really, um, yeah, really hit me. And so that's where I really wanted to focus on is how can I give back or do something? Because, uh, yeah, it, it was just unacceptable for me that yeah. these kids cannot participate and and play sports and can't even afford like $50 for a membership at a park district or something like that. So I did, I asked around on how I can help out and met some, thank you so much. Uh, met some people and brought this idea up to uh, my bosses at Tyndale actually and a couple of friends and said, guys, I have an idea. I want to put together, I want to start something. I want to design shirts uh, specific to fitness, but I want to give the, the proceeds back to organizations that can help kids out in any way, shape, or form. I don't know how much how much we could make a difference, but I kind of wanted to do it that way. And they said, and this is what's amazing about these these friends of mine, and they said, yes, do it. Those are the kind of friends to have. Just like, count me in. Yeah, Count me in yeah. and not just do it but we want to help you we're going to be in the background we're going to help you start and run this business but this is going to be yours and because you're passionate about this we'll support you however we can and they did that and i needed that and um so it's me stepping out of my comfort zone i don't know anything about starting a company i don't know anything about um S corps and all that stuff. <laughs> oh, that's that's yeah. not the fun part of it having a business. It's not the fun part. And they said, we'll take care of that for you. That's just awesome. sign the papers here and everything will be taken care of. And just really focused on uh, this model of designing one shirt a month, do a pre-order. And from that pre-order, I'll, I'll, I'll make the shirts zero overhead because i just print what's ordered i didn't have yeah. any extra inventory or anything like that and so looked at a few different um organizations in the area that i could help out there's victory sports who was somewhat tied into the copian soccer club that my son was involved with so met with them and said that there i was able to provide uh, some financial support that way and another organization the chicago eagles uh, in West Chicago, who is their ministry to to give back to the community through soccer. And so I was able to provide some financial support through them. And it, that's where it really kind of started. And um, the model has changed a little bit because I was challenged that this was my plan. I want it to be like this. Yeah. And sure enough, uh, it was put in my heart that says, nope. 
you, this is your plan for X amount of time. Now you need to change it. Mm-hmm. And um, to be honest, it's kind of hard to kind of put into place what what box rat is right now. But the fact that people still want shirts, uh, we've expanded to uh, creating custom websites uh, for my clients instead of just creating T-shirts for them to buy and stuff that I'm helping expand brands for uh, a lot of the local gyms in the area, created the website for the organizations that I've provided uh, financial support for. So this one is a little bit more sustainable where you know, I help them out, they generate some revenue from those sites, and that essentially would be considered my donation to them. Um, so that's kind of like where it is now. Um, with my partnership with Threadless, a company in Chicago, they've uh, given me an opportunity to, to use my network to expand uh, their product and uh, Thunderbolt is. I was is gonna one of say, them. yeah. <laughs> There's a Thunderbolt Threadless account. Yes, yeah. and been able to help my friends in the CrossFit community that way. And so what started up as my goal just to help out um, very specific, uh, some of these kids in, in the local area uh, has expanded beyond that. So I've been developing custom sites for schools to help their, them out as well. Uh, some high schools have been I've participated in their programs to help their kids specifically. And so that's kind of like where it's been. It's been uh, a little over four years now, and people still want shirts. They ask me to design, and as long as I'm able, I will continue to do so. It's 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 pretty fun to go to Madison to the games and and see people wear your your shirts, and yeah. they don't even know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and we so. were all wearing uh, box rat shirts at yes. regionals. We yes. loved those shirts. Yes, I was. And it's those type of things as well, um, you know, helping out some athletes uh, for through some fundraising. Uh, I love being able to to help out the community in that way. I feel like that's in many ways a part of my calling to do that. Um, and that's why how I even you asked me earlier, how do I make it work? It's because I love I just love doing it. Yeah. So if you love to do it, uh, you make time for it. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so. That just goes with with everything, and and I know my if my family's listening, I mean I really just appreciate the the sacrifices that they've made. But hopefully, I still do a good enough job of being a husband and uh, a present father. Uh, I take pride in making sure that I make it to everything. Um, That's hard to do these days. Yeah, it's really hard. But you know, a lot of people like to go on vacations and eat at fancy restaurants. I love watching my kids do their thing and and following their own passions yeah um that to me the, watching that process for them is is a joy for me so selfishly that's yeah what i want for myself <laughs> well that just made me think of a question that we asked we had a, a podcast with women affiliate owners mm-hmm. and we were talking about how owning a gym is often about caring about for other people yes. all day long you're caring for other people and it's what we're passionate about yeah. but we were talking about needing to take care of ourselves, self-care, like mm-hmm. how you fill back up so that you can keep yes. caring. How do you take care of yourself? Uh, CrossFit. Yeah. In your workouts, right? In my yeah. workouts, it's, 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 uh, it's like eating a meal for me. If you, you guys can probably relate. If you don't work out for that day, I felt like I missed a meal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, 
so apart it's uh, just it's kind of cool i you know i coach but i find time to work out with with my friends as well it's it's uh it helps me obviously physically uh it kind of clears off uh some of the cobwebs in my head i kind of take a break from uh, overthinking things at work when you have a stressful day at work it's great to throw that barbell around doesn't it yeah and uh so that's it's my therapy sometimes, you know, uh, but aside from that, just being surrounded by just the amazing people that I, I, I rub shoulders with and sweat with every day, it's, it's part of that. Yeah. Um, so, and then another step in taking care of yourself uh, is nutrition. Mm-hmm. I just started a few months ago, a friend of mine uh, at uh, CrossFit Elmhurst, Vince, love you, buddy, uh, <laughs> has helped me through my nutrition and kind of offered hey al i want to help you out with this man and um it's made a huge difference and you again going back to the question how you're able to do this one of the main things because of the nutrition side of things this this besides you know kind of losing a little weight here and there i started sleeping like a baby really (laughs) yes that's very cool and so from that even though i maybe just get five hours of sleep that's a good night for me I feel completely refreshed the next day. Wow. And, and so then, you're seeing that come from nutrition, paying yes. attention to your nutrition. Yes. Wow. That's really cool. Um, and so I highly recommend that people look into your nutrition. Yeah. yeah. If you feel like you're plateauing in your workouts, look at your nutrition, look at your rest. It's amazing what fine tuning those things can, uh, can make a difference. Uh, not just in, in your workouts, but just in your daily routine yeah. and sure. life at work. Um, it kind of gives some clarity in your in your head as well. So, um, uh, just have, having somebody accountable uh, on that side of things uh, has really made a difference. Yeah. So, so one thing I wanted to raise, I think we're getting into a good point in the podcast to talk about. I think you're the perfect guest to talk about this <laughs> okay. topic. So, uh, Harvard Divinity School has a study called How We Gather, and what okay. they looked into was millennials 18 to 34 aren't going to church at the same rates that Mm -hmm. uh previous generations were Mm -hmm. and so they started to look at why and where these where they're going Mm -hmm. and what they found is that instead of going to church they're going to crossfit and things like that they they actually had glassman on to talk about crossfit Mm -hmm. and his beliefs about it um and what they found is is crossfit and organizations like it have a lot of similarities with churches and they, they identified four key attributes that you would see in a church environment or in these other organizations mm-hmm. and it was uh, community uh, personal and world transformation and accountability awesome what yeah. are your thoughts of the overlap between crossfit and church and some of the similarities or differences no i i completely agree with that and i think that's why uh, the future of Faith RX is 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 strong. Um, at my church that I go to, I'm counting maybe, man, quite a few of us who met at CrossFit. Interesting. Have invited each other to go to the same church because, like you said, we're like-minded individuals in many mm-hmm. aspects. Maybe we're like-minded individuals in in other aspects in life whether it's your faith or uh, whatever it is. And so we started to gravitate that way. And, um, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, just kind of being part of a community. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, 
I don't think you can overuse that term or word enough yeah. in, in CrossFit. To me, that is the essence of why it's successful. Um, and that's why a lot of churches, I think, uh, in that way is successful is do I feel like I belong? Do I feel like I have a voice here? Do I feel like uh, I'm a puzzle piece that fits in? Um, and so that's why hopefully, like in, in our role at, F, uh, at Faith RX and even at FTX and the way we approach CrossFit and fitness, that that opens the door, that opens the invitation uh, for somebody like me who's not very comfortable in, in sharing my faith openly uh, CrossFit, BoxRat, FaithRx, Tyndale has given me a comfort level and a platform to share because it's who I am to invite people into into church. Mm-hmm. And so that's been an amazing um, experience for me because I never thought I would be ever be comfortable in that way. But because I'm comfortable in all the other aspects of, of my life, uh, a lot of people have come to me. Uh, asking me, oh, why are you this way? Why do you do this? Well, all of this really centers around my faith. And um, if you want to learn more, why don't you come join me? (laughs) That's pretty cool. That's awesome. And that kind of ties in. I think one of the things churches are missing sometimes Mm -hmm. is that shared uh, personal suffering that we have in CrossFit. We're all suffering together through these workouts. And you bond in a way. And a lot of times when churches maybe aren't doing it right or when people maybe aren't plugged in enough, yes. um, they're just showing up and you, you don't get that shared experience. And, and I, yeah, you got it. It's, you know, I've, I, I recently transferred uh, or moved churches about eight, nine months ago now. And just the engagement, not just for me personally in, in my new church, but I've never seen my kids and my wife absolutely be just transfixed with the way uh, our church has reached them. I mean, my wife came to the Easter service, came out of it in tears. Ah. The next week, they mentioned there's a missions trip to the DR. She said, I'm going to that. <laughs> she went to that. And my my kids who, you know, before on Sundays, hey, it's time to go to church. Uh, all right, I guess. <laughs> Got to wake them up. (laughs) They sit right next to me. They participate in in the worship. I look to to my left and to my right, and they're completely engaged. And just seeing them um, really starting to grow on their own and their walk in in Christ has been my new celebration. Kind of shared a Facebook post uh, last week, I believe, when my son told me last year that he was done with soccer which was a tough time in our household. <laughs> and kind of, I was angry, to be honest, but then kind of reflected a year later that I don't celebrate his goals or scoring or winning. I celebrate uh, witnessing his, um, his walk and his faith that's self-motivated, that it's not me telling him to go to sure. youth group, not me telling him to go yeah. do this. And to invite friends, and this is my, my all my kids just, to witness that is that's kind of like out of my control that's not me working in them um has been has been amazing to to watch so that's really cool yeah Yeah. 
one thing I want to talk about. I feel like we've hit a lot of stuff, <laughs> but one thing I definitely want to touch on before we start to wrap yeah. is lessons learned. So, I mean, you've done all these things. You've yeah. started these companies and you've had good success as an yes. art director and all this. If Do you have uh, like an overriding life lesson that you learned? One thing I like to ask is if you could put anything on a billboard to share with people, uh, what would it be? What is there a guiding principle or something that you feel like you've learned through all these experiences? Um, I have a couple. One of them is fail. It's okay. Um, it's it's part of the process. It's just how you really approach that failure. Could you beat yourself down, or do you learn and do you grow from it? Yeah. Um, because. I've experienced so many different things in my life, in career, in relationships, and family, that it's okay. And if uh, I just, and just knowing that in that failure, um, there's a victory at, on the other side of that. One, if you put uh, trust in God to carry some of that burden for you, um, it's amazing what He can provide for you. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, you know, I I use this term uh, very loosely mentor some of these uh, younger designers, some athletes, and just kind of encourage them to not be motivated by the paycheck. If you're motivated by money, you're always going to chase it, and you're never going to be happy. Um, When I tell people that I don't know what I make at Tyndale, I don't know. I don't know what my salary is or anything. I just know that it provides a roof over my family. It provides food on the table. Um, I'm able to uh, provide, and I'm able to give back. Uh, and that's, it's hard to stomach sometimes when you're spending, uh, investing a lot of money in school, and yeah. uh, how do I pay my loans back? To me, as long as, uh, you know, you fail your your follow your passion and for me it's I told you the the design the giving the coaching all of those things you're gonna be okay you're gonna be okay um and so I encourage yeah those those young people out there that's um who wants to be a banker to be in the finance district if that's not feeding your heart yeah me I would take a look at that yeah so and I think this is a good question for you too what about people that either young people out there that want to do art as a career, mm-hmm. what tips do you have for them? Or someone who's older, has a career, but wants yeah. to incorporate more art into their life. Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, if you want to follow, if that is what's in your heart, I highly uh, encourage that. Feel free to share my contact info if you guys run into anybody yeah. that yeah. you know. Uh, I would love to meet, talk with them, um, because at this day and age, one, there's a lot of very talented people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes their talent don't meet their passion. Mm-hmm. I will take somebody that's passionate about, uh, that path over somebody that's can do all these amazing things in Photoshop sure. because you, you can grow them. Yeah. Um, so if that's a path that you want, I, I would highly encourage it. Obviously find the right schooling, find the right people to surround you, to encourage you, uh, find people that are better than you to challenge you in that way. Just again, we go back to CrossFit, man, like iron sharpens iron. 
if I see somebody going uh, faster or harder than I am, I want to catch that person. It's the same thing in the real world. Uh, I was fortunate enough when I was in school, I was looking around like, what am I doing in this room with these all these amazing people here? But if that is what you're, you feel like you want to pursue, uh, I would obviously do your research, look for how you can grow in that, look for opportunities. Um, and so, yeah, I totally encourage that. If you want to incorporate art in your life, maybe it's just for fun, please. I mean, the resources these days, just YouTube, Pinterest, you name it, there's, they're everywhere. There's different workshops, uh, you know, living in the Chicagoland area. There's so many different opportunities for you to, to grow. Even as art directors, uh, we have art directors that are talented, but they are taking classes in painting. That's awesome. In calligraphy, in photography, in video, um, because we, as a creative person, uh, there's you can't put limits on us, right? Like your your head can go in all different places. You know, there's a saying like, how many designers does it take to screw in a light bulb? The designer's answer is, does it have to be a light bulb? <laughs> uh, and so. Yeah, but the creativity comes in different forms. Music, yeah, uh, you can be creative in sports, uh, but to me, it, it just happens to be all of those things. <laughs> so it, it makes it fun for me in that journey. So that's awesome. Uh, I think one good thing to wrap up on: where mm -hmm. can people find you? So online, where can people find out more about Boxrat, yeah. um, FaithRx? Yeah. or even get in touch with you what's the best places for all those things all right like uh so for box rat uh there's a couple of different places um the main place i would ask people to go to my contact info is there and you kind of get to see uh my new model with threadless is just go to boxrat.threadless.com um and you can go on there just kind of see the type of designs that i have i think i put on there maybe maybe i need to update it my list of the different affiliates, gyms, schools that I've done design work for uh, are on there. Um, uh, I go to FDX CrossFit in Wheaton. Uh, so I've been there. Yeah, we're about to celebrate, I believe, our seventh year wow. there. So that's, if you're, that's old in CrossFit years. It is. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah it really is. And, you know, you kind of see the spikes of the affiliates and you kind of see some affiliates yeah. kind of yeah. closing recently. But... We've uh, we've stayed strong. Uh, love the people there. Love the people I coach with. Just an amazing place. It's my second home. Um, so if you want to see me, I'm usually there. Whether <laughs> I'm coaching or working out, pretty much every day from 4:30 like 6:30ish in wow. uh, in the afternoon. So if you want to come work out with me, talk to me in person, I'm there. Um, and as far as Faith RX, we have uh, our Facebook page is uh, West. Faith RX West Suburban Chicago. So we do a lot of our posts as far as announcements for when we meet. We usually meet twice a month. Uh, the man, I might mess this up. I believe it's the first Saturday or the first Saturday of each month and the third Sunday. Okay. No, no, I changed well. that. It's the first Sunday of each month and no. Is it listed know. as an event on the page? It is. It okay. is listed as an event. Go to the Facebook page, folks. Yeah, just go to <laughs> because we've actually changed things up here and there just to make it work with the gym schedules and everybody's schedules. But yeah, just check out the page. It's always updated on there. So, 
All right. Well, Al, this was a ple- pleasure. Thanks for sharing your story with us. Uh, pleasure's all mine. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate uh, it. All right. That's a wrap.